When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shoulder to shoulder, shields high. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Wednesday, January 4th edition. We've got the House speaker battle still very much underway. Multiple votes have gone down. And so far, no Speaker of the House will discuss. Plus, got back from the DeSantis inauguration party yesterday, last night, and uh, got some stories from that to tell all of you. Plus, they're making a sequel to the fantastic movie Gladiator, which I want to talk to you about, and so much more. So let me just, I, actually, I'm going I'm to switch things up, talk to you a little bit about the inauguration of uh, Ron DeSantis, which was... Uh, it was a fun party. I couldn't go to the actual inauguration ceremony. Carrie went uh, because she was able to get some time uh, off from work to do it. I, I had to uh, do the radio show, obviously, so I missed it. Anyway, it was it was fun. You know, Tallahassee is a, a, an interesting town. I don't really have a good feel for what the vibe of Tallahassee is, and it's not a place where you get a lot of tourism, so it really is one of those those. Uh, capitals, a state capital. This is true of some national governments as well, where the place exists to be the seat of a government apparatus. And there's not really a whole lot of other reasons for it to be there. Uh, this is true of, uh, you know, or, or, there are a lot of planned cities even where that was the case. Uh, Brasilia in Brazil, um, Islamabad uh, in Pakistan, and 
this is true of a lot of states where the capital is in a city. You go, wait, where? This is why people don't always know the capital. I mean, I'm from New York, so I know Albany is the capital, but I think a lot of people just assume it's New York City because it's by far the biggest and, and most important city from a population and political standpoint. Anyway, I was in Tallahassee and uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, here he is pointing out that Florida is a refuge. Uh, this one really, look, I, I I felt this one personally at some level because of what Florida meant to me during the pandemic. Let me let me just let Ron DeSantis, the governor, say it himself. Play clip two. Over the past few years, as so many states in our country grinded their citizens down, we in Florida lifted our people up. When other states consigned their people's freedom to the dustbin, Florida stood strongly as freedom's linchpin. When the world lost its mind, when common sense suddenly became an uncommon virtue, Florida was a refuge of sanity, a citadel of freedom for our fellow Americans and even for people around the world. Totally true. Uh, certainly for our fellow Americans, I remember, and I, I tweeted this, and it became a more popular sentiment. I mean, I'm glad that people were able to borrow this analogy, but I said leaving New York City in 2020 and arriving in Florida was the closest thing as an American you could experience at that point in time to crossing over from East Berlin to West Berlin in, say, the 1960s. That's what it felt like. It was I try to remind everybody of what happened because I think there really is, I think there's an effort, um, maybe it's it's uh, subconscious, but people are forgetting what was done and and how this was a push by Democrats. They were so certain that they knew what to do and they're such morons and they were so wrong on all of this stuff. But I remember coming back to New York after leaving Florida and there were National Guard soldiers in the airport and we were filling out some kind of database for test and trace. Does anyone anyone want to debate how completely and utterly moronic that is? It was it was pointless. It was all theatrics. Had no actual scientific basis or merit. The entire notion of doing test and trace in COVID. This would be like trying to do, trying to do test and trace on a common cold. Good luck. And, and as, as if the government would ever be nimble and efficient and smart enough to pull that off. It was truly insane. And Florida was really more than any other place, the one place in America where early on, not the whole time. Look, we didn't know. I mean, we saw the videos of what was going on in northern Italy but we saw what was happening to uh, elderly patients in those uh, in those hospitals and in, in uh, sections of, of Europe, uh, particularly in Italy, but in other places, too. We saw all of that and there were conclusions that we drew. But we knew pretty early on I and mean, by April, it was clear this was dangerous to elderly people and the immunocompromised and really everybody else was just going to get it. and There's nothing we could do about it. And those of us who made that argument then were shouted down as grandma killers and, and all kinds. And because I, I was making that argument then. I thought we should reopen right away. Anyway, DeSantis in Florida, what he did, I don't say this about any other politician. I feel a personal debt of gratitude 
to the DeSantis uh, administration and the state of Florida and Floridians for staying open and for providing a, not just a, uh, an escape from the craziness, but the restoration of normalcy that you felt in Florida, uh, by and large, there were still, you know, the city of Miami, Miami Dade County still had mask mandates for some things in place, which was completely moronic. As we all know, it does nothing. It's a waste of everyone's time. Uh, but, but it was interesting to be at the DeSantis inauguration and, and see all the people gather there and have a moment where we all got to say in essence, by our presence, thank you. You know, a lot of po- a lot of political decisions, a lot of things that people um, argue over in politics don't actually affect the individuals arguing over it in any discernible way. And you could argue sometimes it's not even clear it really makes much of a difference to any of us, right? People argue about stuff. You say, well, you know, how much is it really going to matter if they spend the fifty million or fifty, you know, fifty billion on this or that program? It's arguable, right? The COVID stuff, the lockdowns, the school shutdowns, the masking, the vaccine mandates, that really affected people. And it's a reminder that government matters. Who's in charge matters. And sure, we talk about and we we fight against the crazies in this whole process. But we also need to hold up those who made the right call, did the right thing, made the right decision. Here, here's Ron DeSantis again from his inauguration speech. Uh, play clip three. He talks about the sea of liberty. Play three. In captaining the ship of state, we choose to navigate the boisterous sea of liberty rather than cower in the calm docks of despotism. We face attacks, we take hits, but we weather the storms, we stand our ground, and we do what's right. So he is right. That is what they did. And it made a huge difference to a lot of people. And I think you're seeing a a major national political realignment occur where people are realizing where you live matters. It's not just enough to be an American. Where you live in America has a very clear uh, impact and can make a huge difference in your quality of life, in your freedom, in your rights, and whether or not they're respected. Uh, Honestly, I hadn't really thought of it in in such stark terms until the pandemic, and now I will never, I will never forget it. Now, on the other side of things, what doesn't really, I think, look, I'll take a slightly contrarian point of view here on this. I don't think who the Speaker of the House ends up being. And I know right now there's a lot of heat on this, and people are arguing and they're fighting, and I think this has become, for a lot of folks, more of a proxy battle for who they like and don't like in Congress, uh, whether it'll be an establishment GOP or a more MAGA, anti-establishment GOP for the next two years. And, and so there's these a lot of different levels to this this argument but i'm just gonna say this and and i do think it's contrarian at some level because we're all talking about this as long as you don't have a democrat speaker of the house i don't think it matters all that much i don't don't think it's gonna matter all that much and i know that that's for somebody who makes a living analyzing politics and talking about current events in the news that may seem like oh my gosh how could you but i mean really 
okay, if it's not McCarthy, it will be uh, Steve Scalise. Does anyone think that's going to be a big difference? Well, okay, they say it's not going to be Steve Scalise. Okay, well, if it's not Steve Scalise, it's going to, I don't think anyone's going to be able to convince Jim Jordan that he actually wants to do a job that he's already said he doesn't want to do. But how different would the future be? You can't pass legislation. You have control of, over committees. You can steer the conversation. You can do some oversight. But look, I'm just going to say it. It's the truth. A lot of oversight, oversight is really just members of Congress auditioning for their hits on cable news and maybe their own podcast. I mean, how often does oversight lead to meaningful accountability or meaningful change? I'm not saying it never happens, but it doesn't happen very often. I mean, if you're looking at it, and the the big example of this that I point to is just we spent so many months on Benghazi. You know, we had we had the Benghazi thing going on, and uh, you had people pounding the table, and oh, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And who was who was held accountable? Who was even fired from? their job at the state department on account of Benghazi that you can remember who, uh, who was held accountable in the Hillary Clinton chain of command for leaving those four Americans and many others, uh, the four, four Americans who lost their lives and many others to fend for themselves. You know, you, you, you have to be honest about what we accomplish and what we don't accomplish. If we're going to have good strategy going forward. So, yeah, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, you know, nothing, nothing matters. Uh, I'm not trying to be the guy. You probably have seen the movie uh, Best in Show, a lot of you. Great movie, I think. I love dogs. I'm a dog person. And and uh, Best in Show is about dog a dog show, essentially. It's a comedy. Christopher Guest. And there's a there's this guy who's a hostage negotiator. Do you remember this? And he's sitting down with him, and he goes, well, you know, the, the secret is to being a hostage negotiator. They all jump, you know? And I was thinking about that. When I'm talking about things, I'm like, hey, you know, it doesn't really matter. But the Speaker of the House, assuming it's not going to fall into Democrat hands, and that would just be a catastrophe. If this drags on for a few days, a few weeks, what really, okay, it doesn't look great for the Republicans. Is anyone going to matter? Is is, is anyone going to care, I should say, about this? Uh, We go into next fall, let's say. Oh, my gosh. Remember when they took weeks to pick the speaker? You know, I think this is a lot of egos, a lot of people drawing political battle lines that are much more related to other issues than to this. And this is becoming a proxy battle in some way, because I I know there's frustration out there. I know there are people who are saying we can't just keep having the same establishment figures in charge. Yeah, well, we got to win elections. That's another part of this, too. Part of the frustration is, I think, what's settling in with people is that we have to win enough political power that we can both defend the Constitution and do sensible things from the from the perspective of what government is constitutionally mandated to or allowed to do. That's it. You got to win. Everything else becomes secondary to that. So I, I think that you're going to see a lot of, because I'm even seeing some conservatives get nasty with each other over this, and I just said to myself, come on. What are we doing here? There's so few of us with a voice compared to how many are part of the Democrat apparatus. There's no need, no need for uh, people getting nasty over, over this in terms of those outside the fight. I think those inside the fight, those in Congress, yeah, it's very personal. Look, I don't think Matt Gates likes Kevin McCarthy. I think that's pretty obvious. 
And I think there are some other personal issues that are driving a lot of this, uh, that are a major part of this. So we'll just have to see, have to see how it shakes out. But this is not ultimately going to affect your life all that much. So I think it is necessary to keep this in context. Um, if the economy you know, starts to fall off a cliff because of more reckless spending from government, that affects your life. You know, that we have to ring the alarm bells over. But on this one, I, I think it's all going to be all right one way or the other. I, I It's funny. I, sometimes I just make a prediction. I think that Kevin McCarthy ends up, when all said and done, as the speaker. I could be wrong. I don't know. That doesn't mean that I'm root. I'm not rooting one way or the other here. I don't. I just want. I just want what's best for the party and best for the country. And it's not really clear to me how delay is a good thing right now. But maybe delay. You know, I'm in. A, I'm in a we'll see on this one. Some people feel so passionately about this, and then I start to push them a little bit. And it's clear they're passionate about it, but they're. It's not really clear why. And, you know, other than the fact that they think that McCarthy is really bad and he's a he's a rhino and all that. OK, but who is going to be the speaker? <laughs> you sort of come back around. You All right. Give me the uh, give me the alternative. Maybe there's a great one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that the people who uh, there would be a, a, a little bit of humility right now among the uh, conservative punditocracy would probably be a good thing on this issue, considering Everybody pretty much got that midterm election wrong. I don't know anybody who saw what was uh, what was happening there in advance and the disappointment we were in. I don't know a single person. Maybe someone exists. I don't know anybody, though, who you could say saw that thing coming. So humility is a good thing in politics. But I, I am very confident that whenever this thing ends, whether it be in two weeks or two months, whoever the speaker ends up being, assuming that the Democrats don't manage to pull this off, which if they do that, we got a whole other bunch of problems to address. Uh, when people ask me why vote Republican, I'm not going to have a very good answer for them. But assuming that it's just you're going to get some Republican who is in this role, you, you say to yourself, all right, so, you know, now we've got a Republican speaker. Uh, there have been some really bad speakers in the past, and, you know, the Republic has endured. So it, it'll, it'll be okay, I, I guess. I think people are more focused in on this than they need to be. That's my sense of it right now. Maybe tomorrow I'll have a different one. And I mentioned this before, but, you know, Gladiator is one of my favorite movies. And I see today they're casting. This is the story. Daily Mail picking this up. They're casting a Gladiator uh, sequel. Now, I, I don't know what the storyline is. Just casting it doesn't even mean I think that it's necessarily going to be made. But I think that would be pretty cool. I, I would love for there to be more meaningful and more inspiring entertainment content made these days in this country. It was so much of the stuff is crap. I remember going to the movies and it was an amazing experience, you know, going to see Gladiator and Saving Private Ryan and Terminator 2 and all these films. I remember that experience as a, as a young person going to that theater, seeing something that was just, that was incredible in, in some cases, you know, inspiring. If you're talking about Saving Private Ryan, just uh, jaw dropping. If you remember the special effects from the Terminator 2 movie, the first time you saw that, it just seemed much more meaningful and also much higher quality content was was a regular thing, and I would love to see more of that. I thought the Gladiator movie was amazing. So, uh, uh, you know, what we do in life echoes in eternity. There's all these great lines, and the music is really good, and the production value, and a lot of the historical aspects of it 
you know, Commodus was a really, Commodus was a deviant, really bad guy played by Joaquin Phoenix in that movie. Some, there's some just great stuff. I mean, it's one of those movies I've watched over and over again. So the idea that they might be remaking or not remaking, but doing a sequel to Gladiator, I think is, is pretty cool. So that's where I am here today on the podcast. And uh, tomorrow I'm hoping to get going with the video again in our new Freedom Hut studio, which will be a lot of fun. And then I'm hoping by next week we'll start to introduce some of our guests into the show that I want to just talk to about stuff. Just relax conversations, you know, not having to worry about a radio clock, not having to worry about getting in and out of breaks. Uh, relax conversation with people. That's what I, what I want to do. And I want to expand uh, topics, too. I want to talk more about life, socializing, art, food, exercise. I don't know, just stuff. Because of my, I feel my uh, first and foremost job every day on, on the radio side is to do the news. Talk about and analyze the news. Inform people and break down what matters and why. Here I want to do some of that, but also a little bit more just what's going on? You know, what's top of mind? And so this, this, my project for this year on the Buck Saxon show is to expand more into that and have this just be more of a sit down and a chat between friends, you guests, whomever. That's the idea. At least that's where we're heading. So I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to enjoy it. I think all of you will enjoy it too. So that's all coming your way. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Shields high. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.